Hey, it's Jamie Sumner, left guard from 1994-95, and this is the Bunch of Nuts podcast with my boys Dan and Cass. Go Bucks! Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. This is Dan. I'm here with Big Cass. Cass, first off, sorry to sorry to the city of Cincinnati. Sorry to you. Sorry to Harambe. And sorry to Joe Burrow. Um, I. Look, unbiased opinion, um, that was the most rigged game since the 2019 Fiesta Bowl against Clemson. I mean, that's what it felt like from just watching that as a Buckeye fan. Um, I would be so furious right now if I were a Bengal fan. Some of those calls were ridiculous. The refs clearly were biased. And I'm not even a I'm not even a, a Bengals fan, and I thought that game was atrocious. So I apologize on behalf of a Buckeye, uh, you know, having seen that happen in 2019 against Clemson, um, and seeing that happen to the, something similar to the Bengals. I, I I feel sick for you, man. I mean, I'm slowly getting over it until you just mentioned it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, it is what it is. Like, I mean. Like the rest, all you want again. It does remind you of the 2019 uh, uh, Fiesta Bowl because we went and got in the red zone. The Bengals got in the red zone and had to kick two short field goals. Right there wins the game, regardless of what the refs uh, made calls or not. I mean, they obviously they missed a Joe Mixon late hit out of bounds. Uh, they missed a rough in the passer. They missed holes. They missed two blocking the backs on the on the. Um, the punt return that set up the late hit out of bounds. Um, the late hit out of bounds, you know, I've watched that play many many times over. And like I was explaining to this fan, which I'll get into this after we make the statement. If Joseph was sigh, because he barely pushed Mahomes. Like, he barely pushed him. He pushed him enough to slip, make him slip. But... I like the way he was going as fast as he can, and the way his Mahomes was going. If in the way the ground, the turf was, because the turf was off. If Joseph Asai does not push him or use his arms, think about the collision you would have saw the sideline, not just with Mahomes and Asai, the the cameraman there. It would have been a massive collision with more weight going on top of. Or and or cameraman, so he Osai extending his arms kind of you know helped them a little bit when it comes to help through it. Was it a late hit? Yeah, it was a late hit. Was it a bad call? Possibly. He didn't beat himself up for it, and thank God for players like BJ Hill, and Bobby, you know, TJ Reader to you know lift his spirits up and. So like it was a tough game. It really was. I mean, you one end, you get the Chiefs, get an extra third down. I mean, that, that was just bogus. There, there was no whistle ball. And then you play up, blame it on the crowd. It's like the whole team had the There was not much crowd noise. Okay. I mean, I, you see it in still frame when he's got his hands up. Why didn't he blow the whistle? That's my thing. My biggest thing was the consistency, man, because yeah. y- you had you had the intentional grounding when Burrow threw it. I believe it was the P. Ryan or Mick. I think it was P. Ryan. And P. Ryan, P- P- Ryan was right there. Um, and they said it was intentional grounding. He was like five feet from the ball. I know it didn't reach the line of scrimmage, but he was also a hit on the play. And P. Ryan was right there, like coming back. Like, I, I don't know how that's intentional grounding. Because um, just the drive before that. Mahomes did the same thing and not the Kelsey and it wasn't exactly. So there was no consistency there. Um, But like the Bengals definitely could have played better. The, the sack, the sack on the, on on the two minute drive, that was the killer. I I honestly, if they don't have that sack, I think you personally go for it. Cause when, when the chiefs got the ball back there, we all kind of knew that they were probably going to go down and kick a field goal cat. Like, I, I'm sure you had that gut feeling. And people are, are ripping on the guy who hit him out of bounds. But they st- even even if he doesn't hit him out of bounds, they're it's still kind of – They still have time to get, you know, a catch and out of bounds, which Mahomes probably finds a way to do that because he's just Mahomes. 
so another flat, or there's a different flag, you know, or a a holding penalty that gets them ten yards, get the closer field goal. You know, something like that always happens. But like it's the like you said, it's the inconsistency. If you're going to call it one way, you have to call it the other, and that's yeah. been the problem with the officiating, not just in college, not just high school, the NBA, the NFL. It's everywhere. I mean, some have you ever seen Anchorman? You know who Champ Kind is, right? Yeah, sports guy. So these dumbass bank fans, and I'm, I'm calling them out because I don't want to be that fan base that calls out refs. You know me. It's really blamed refs on why my team has lost. Even with the always found a way to the dumbass, you know. Yes, calls out. Took a picture, a screenshot, and said, and that's why he rigged this game. Didn't do the research and So stop tweeting this stuff out. I had so much confidence he said on the show. You could, you could, you know, sweep up. Mike Hill, there was a, was mic'd up. Somebody heard Mike Hill. The NFL fans blasted it. The throwback thing, you could, you could have swept it. Came out and said, it was Joe Burrow's back. When all my confidence went because that's when that's when I, the Chiefs were going to win the game. And throws to the Chiefs. They took advantage of it. They, they, they had fuel to the fire. They had not beat the Bengals. Chance, and then, you know, they only they were 0 3 against the Bengals under Brown. It, it's crazy. So. Yeah, and speaking, I guess, of officials, Cass, um, it's a good segue because this isn't in the Cincinnati Bengals show. This is obviously Bunch of Notes podcast. Uh, Ryan Day had some interesting comments about the Peach Bowl officials. Uh, he, he basically came out and said, I completely disagree with you know the, the call uh, on Marvin Harrison. And uh, 11 Warriors reported this. He had a good quote, though. Um, Ryan Day said this. I made a lot of calls after the game. I felt like it was targeting in the moment, and when things are moving fast and you can't see the replay, it's very hard to see, Day said. The hard thing for me is to see and understand that that, and have our medical staff let us know that he was knocked unconscious, and that's why we're not going to put him back in the game, yet the flag gets picked up for targeting. So, it, I mean, it, it all comes back to the thing. I think NFL, you know, college, uh, high school, mm-hmm. the, NBA, the biggest thing I think fans just want is consistency. Consistency in the rules. If you're going to call on one team, call on the other team if the same thing happens. Don't pick and choose and, and make up you know, arbitrary things about the situation that just have nothing to do with the situation or you – know, it, 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 like, like with holding. Holding, you know – that's one thing where I feel like the refs never get right at any level. And it, it happens a lot. And I know you don't want to kill the pace of the game, but you have to be consistent with it. If you're not consistent with it, it's maddening. Cause they're like, how are you going to call it on certain guys on certain plays and then just completely overlook it on other plays? It, 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 the consistency, consistency with refing these days is atrocious. Um, it's interesting that Ryan Day is coming out now and saying all this after the uh, Peach Bowl. I, I think it's it was smart on his end, though, because it's like the statute of limitations, I feel like, where you can kind of complain about the refs without getting fined. It's a whole month after. So I think I think that's kind of why he was doing it like that. But, yeah. I mean, the consistency with the targeting rule. What they did to Marvin Harrison Jr., I feel like, was way worse than what Sean Wade did to Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and yet... 
we get penalized for targeting and Georgia does it. And I know it's two different games and people are going to be like, oh, it's not apples to apples, but it's never apples to apples. But it's always pairs to apples. But it, I mean, just just be just have have an open mind and just look at it. It's not like I'm not saying you gotta do a crazy cross examination, but just look at the situation and just have an open mind and be like, okay, maybe this isn't right. You know, it's it's like how many times have we had discussions where we're kind of kind of call I State did, you know, fifteen minutes like in reality, like upset happening like you didn't, you know, you didn't call this, like, I don't know how many times when I've watched a game and, you know, Ohio State playing it's somebody probably should have been called, you know what I mean? Or how many times have we texted each other man, we got lucky with that, you know what I mean? Like, how many times? Yeah. Like, we, when it happens, like, it's it's where like also too as a fan, where do we draw the line too? Because like we hate seeing bad calls happen against our team. And we, you know, if we weren't looking about it, we get called whiny and crybabies. Like you know what I mean? Like, but take your like uh, take like we gotta take our blinders off sometimes. Well, all right. No, it, it's in human nature to just not. You're not going to complain when it does when it goes in your favor. That's just human nature. If you know, we get bailed out on like a a holding call or a pass interference call against Penn State. I'm obviously not going to be like, oh, they, that's not consistent. Like, obviously, we'll be like, uh, we're, we're the bunch of those podcasts. We're biased. Of course, we want that to happen. But we also look at the perspective we just said. We're, we're like, yeah, we got to win with that. I like I know when we get away with it and I love when we get away with it, but I yeah, would love it I would love it more if we didn't have to get away with it and if it was just consistent across the board where the best team just wins. Yeah. It, that's the way it needs to go. But until then, then of course I'm gonna be biased and obviously hope it bounces our way. And it just makes you think too like we actually vote our opinions like when with other schools like Georgia fans, we you know, Buckeye fans have been very vocal targeting Paul, and Georgia fans steps in bed targeting did not get called. They'd be doing the same thing. So that's where like it's like like where do we like people that's just the way people are. It, it really is and it's like when you try to sit down and explain, yeah, you're in Georgia in a couple weeks. You're getting the major big day. I'm going to go see my family before your big day. My family is next door to some Georgia fans. Of course, I'm going to hear that conversation because they haven't seen me since my grandma's funeral. They see me every time we went to the I'm gonna see, I'm gonna ask them this. I'm gonna see your view. That happens. That's you feel the same. That's where you know who was targeting Stetson Bennett, the Dallas police. <laughs> Which, all right, you have to question his awareness on this. What is he doing in Dallas? Um, not even a full month after the massacre. <laughs> that the Georgia Bulldogs put on the local college team. Like that is yeah. probably the worst place to be. Um, and especially like he's going to get no favoritism there after a national championship. No, no he, they're going to dude. They, he ain't getting no slap on the wrist. He better have a great lawyer because they are fucks hard. He might see jail time for this. Which, all right. It's a little ridiculous. Cause he was just like, yeah. I think, he was just drunk banging on people's hotel doors. Like that's not like a, that's not like a crazy crime. That might be a, not even a fun. They were saying Ron, like drunk in public. Drunk in public. Yeah. I I mean, it, 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 it's ridiculous. He got locked up for that. But but you know what? The Dallas police, they are consistent. You know, (laughs) that's what we keep. That's (laughs) they are consistent. He spent a night in jail. I mean, 
Yeah, I'm, hopefully his cellmate wasn't a tech TCU horn fan. Uh, hopefully not. <laughs> I tell you what, like what I'm a fan of is James Laurinaitis becoming, aka the linebackers coach. Um, yeah, grad so, grad assistant. So, I love. But you know he's the linebackers coach. Oh yeah. Take some pressure off Jimmy. Do you, do, you, do you think he's going to get his radio show back? No. You don't think? Or like he's going to be back on the radio a little bit? What's weird is he has to take one class at Ohio State. What is that class? I want to find out what that class is going to be. Little animal one-on-one. That's a great question. I wonder what it would be. Because doesn't he have a master's from Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, he's a smart dude. I mean, he had to take one class at Notre Dame. I mean, I just love how we pushed him from Notre Dame, too. It's just fantastic. It wasn't hard swaying. I know the radio keeps talking about how it was probably hard swaying. But the chance to coach these linebackers, Peter Olmos, with Jim Knowles, who is a better, who's a better beat coordinator than Calvin. Do you think? I mean, do you think this causes the linebacker room to see immediate immediate results? Not immediate. I mean, I mean, we're going to see what we're going to see what Steel Chambers and Tony Lankenberg can do. Like, thing is, is, I want to see the development of Gabe Powers, Nick Marcio, CJ Hicks. Hicks. I feel like I feel like that's almost this is almost a move for those guys because I feel like exactly for, for Steel. And Eichenberg, they have both had pr- really good seasons last year. Yeah. Obviously, you know, I think next year is going to be even better. We still have Cody Simon. Like, that trio right there, that's one of the best trios, I think, in all college football, linebacker-wise. Cody Simon would start on any Big Ten team, I think. Um, it's just unfortunate we run up 2-5. Yeah, it's, it's just scheme. But he would start on any – in most SEC teams, I, in, in my personal opinion. Um, so it's interesting – that they do this because I don't I don't know how much they're going to get out of more out of those three guys because they're I feel like they're almost maxed or you know they might they might take the next step because they're you know they're going to be at the end of their careers but I think Eichenberg get, becomes first team all American. It will be yeah I, I, if anything I could see Eichenberg learning a lot from I mean I think honestly if any of the, anyone has something to learn though it's probably Steel I feel like Steel would be the one he can mold the most. Um, looking at that, because Steele also, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's so he's still raw. I mean, he flashed in the Georgia game again, like had a pick, had, had great plays at times, but he's also been, you know, at times in the wrong position at times. I mean, compared to Eichenberg. Well, I think with Eichenberg too is look against teams that have a nice running game is getting off. James Lawrence can really, really help that develop. You're going to have have a coach that's going to get down and dirty and grind. I like it too because, you know, if Ohio State does decide to move on, let's say, from a coach on defense here or there, he's he's a guy, Laurinaitis, that's almost like a – he could be like a heart line. You know, you're, and I think that's why it could be a situation like that where we get rid of you know one of our defensive coaches next year if you know the defense still is bad, and we promote him a little bit, and it could be a situation like Hartline, you you know, great NFL player, uh, alumni, and then the dude becomes you know a very good coach, good recruiter. I could totally see that. I mean, I could definitely see him resonating with the kids. He's young. He used to be on sports radio. He might get a show back. Who knows? Like he's back in Columbus, I, or he might. He, I feel like he's going to do something with the media here or there. Um, so, I mean, I, I love it. it. It was it was a pleasant surprise, in my opinion. Yeah, I loved it. It was awesome, and I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for. I'm sorry. I'm going to butcher his name. I'm excited. I wonder if a little bit. Has to do with now he coaches totally different, totally different 
positions, but it's still on the defense. I want to start apologize for butchering this dude's name, but uh, Miss Cornerback Davison Igabonson. Oh, Igabonson says he committed 6'2, 185 pounds from New Union, New Jersey. It's three years left. Davison Igbinoson, I think is how you pronounce it. Igbinoson. He I like him. Six two, you know, 190, 185 range. Number one corner out of New Jersey cast from Union of Union High School. They are not really a powerhouse either. I mean, they're just kind of like um not like a city inner city school, anything like that. They're just like they're 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 like a city school, but they're not like inner city. They're not like poor or anything like that. Like they're just like a just a, just an average like high a school. Like a bloom carol. Yeah, they're just like the most average, um, you know, New Jersey high school football team. Like I've never heard of them being a powerhouse. So he's legit. Obviously, goes to Ole Miss. Did well this year. Um, you know, played a lot actually for a freshman. Um. Five pass deflections, 36 tackles on the year. That's a really good year. Um, looked looked decent against Texas Tech. Uh, and then, you know, I mean, his best game of the year, probably, ooh, probably looks like LSU. Um, well, I'm going by tackles. That's not really the best way to rate corners. I would say probably Texas Tech was arguably his best game, too. He had two pass deflections in I mean, that. He was one of the top recruit. And I've been hearing it, and I know a big deal with it either. No, I mean, it, I, I mean, it's, it's absolutely a missing piece that we needed. We need another corner. Um, we need corner depth. It was imperative. I, I think he could be a very good quarter number two. We need Denzel Burke needs to take, make that next jump. I think everyone's expecting him to have a much better year. He it, it, and he kind of got better at the end of the year. He had an early, you know, first few games were horrible, and then he he bounced back. Burke needs to be number one. Davison number two, and then I, I think we're finding Jay yeah. Brown Hancock. So ransom in the slot probably. I mean, I think. I think the defense is going to be in the, we got the Syracuse kid at safety, obviously Styles, Stokes, uh, Proctor's back. Um, I'm, I'm missing someone too. Obvious. I feel like. Dan Martinez. Yeah. Eh. He, he might be more of a slot guy. Um, Jermaine Matthews, he's going to be a true freshman. Yeah, the only freshman crosses here on this. Yeah, but I, I think that, that makes my question. So, the starting defense, I expect Sawyer, JTT, the DNs, Tyleek Williams, Junior, the tackles, Steele and Otami, the linebackers, the outside, Davidson and Denzel Burke. I'm going to go. I think Nathan Ransom will be the the uh, safety that Ronnie Hickman was this year. Yeah. Um, I don't think Styles starts right away. I'm going to limp, and I'm going to go with the kid from Syracuse as the end over end safety, uh, the back end safety that we need. And we're going to rotate. I mean, we're going to rotate. Kai Stokes going to play a lot. I think Sonny Styles will play a lot. I think Jordan Hancock will play a lot. Jair Brown. We've got – we finally have depth in the defensive backs. We didn't have depth last year. Think about how many – Well, Jackie we, Johnson, we thought Johnson. we had depth. But we have more depth this year. I, I agree. Really think so. I, I think so. If we stay healthy, this defense is going to be – this defense will be the strength of, of this football team. I mean, I looking at it, Ohio State on paper should have easily a top five defense in in my you know humble unbiased opinion. Uh, defense line wise, I think we would have arguably the best in the nation. And you forgot to uh, uh, obviously. Um, oh my god, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Number ninety two, Caden Curry. Uh, Caden Curry's gonna make a jump. Uh, um, and then uh, there's, there's Devon, quite a few guys. 
uh, Hamilton's little brother. Um, he he Ty was Ham- is it Ty, Ty Hamilton? Ty, yeah, Ty Hamilton. I just drawing blanks on names right now. It's been a long day, folks. Um, those are two guys who we're definitely going to see. I think minutes on the defensive line. Obviously, Cody Simon, C.J. Hicks, big depth at linebacker right He's there. Healthy. And then we Gabe, all uh, Gabe, Powers. Gabe Powers, and then we just listed out all the secondary depth. So that should, as long as no one in the secondary is slipping and falling again, which I mean, if that happens again, I I can't even blame the coaching staff. It's just like the kids have to be they have to be athletic. Like you could have the greatest scheme in the world if your players just fall down on a simple you know four verts. Nothing, no scheme in the world can save you. And I'm can sorry. We have, and can we have not, like, have, can we have a safe, safety cover and a wide receiver slot? Can we have, can we have, can we have, looking at his jersey right now, Sean Wade. Who can be that Sean Wade nickel corner, like, from 2019 when we had Damon Arnett and Jeff Akira? I mean... I would like it for be Ransom. I think Ransom should be the guy, but he, he got spun around in the Georgia game. But he was playing on the outside. They had him lined up as like an outside corner there on that on those plays. It was a slot receiver. Oh yeah, because it was a double. Yeah, he was on. He was on the outside as a corner. That's there. where. That's where. Okay. That's where Sean Wade struggled. Yeah, that's where I think. The confusion. This goes on. That goes on coaching because Cam Martinez did the same thing in the Michigan game. It's those crossing, not the inside crossing like Ohio State does. It's the outside crossing. It, no, not really though, Cass. Because like as a former DB, like Cam Martinez just turned his hips way too early. He he was. I think Cam Martinez on that play thought. Thought yeah, that it was, I thought he was gonna ru- he was gonna run an out almost yeah, like he was gonna run you, to the corner. If you look at the plays, yeah, Stetson Bennett did chug JJ McCarthy did JJ McCarthy had nine yards drop back. It, it wasn't like the receiver did anything crazy either, and it wasn't like you know there was any other receivers in in his area that would have confused it. That that was just the D yeah, back. The the, Georgia, the Georgia game was the. The uh, yeah, the outside cross route. You're supposed to keep your cushion as long as you can, and then flip your hips. But he just kind of panicked and like flipped his hips and the completely wrong. I mean that that was all Cam Martinez just not doing what he was coached from at least from my experience. And then ransom too. they, they they need to put an emphasis on that. I think you know not flipping your hips. That's something they can actually absolutely work on. Yep, but. That's that's something they teach in high school. That's one on one. Like a four or five star recruit should should know not to do that, especially in those games. Um, it has been said that Tyler Friday and uh, there's somebody else that are not going to go for their sixth year eligibility. Uh, Pale Jote, Paulie Paulie G, our boy. So um, I, I feel like Al Washington ruined that. He 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 hundred percent did with him. Um, I mean. I gotta say this. I I'm kind of happy he's gone because I, in the two and a half years he's been here, I still do not know how to pronounce his name correctly. Oh um, yeah, Guyote. Yeah, Paulie like Paul G. I'm pouring one out for Paulie G. Um, you know, it, it's been a run. I butchered your name yeah. seven hundred times on this show, but, and this will be the last. But Tyler Friday, I'm sad about because he and like Javante Jean Baptiste were two guys that, you know. Had all the potential. They made plays um, at times. Inj- injuries hurt Tyler Friday. They, like they did. Feel like my, he was hurt. My bo- and he he played some big minutes too. I remember. I'm pretty sure he was a a big play, a big member yeah. of the 2020 20, team. The 2019, he put, he flashed a little bit too. He did. Yeah. I mean, he 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 was he was a big player in some of the big games, and he flashed at times. Uh, might not have the numbers to back it up, but he definitely saw the field a lot. Uh, my buddy texted me today. He's like, "I feel like Tyler Friday could have been a goat." And I'm like, "I yeah, if he if he never tore his ace or hurt his knee, I I he, think he definitely he got hurt could. a lot. He got hurt a lot. Yeah, scrappy guy though. Also, interesting comments too from Ryan Day that um, uh, Brian Hartline is going to call plays this this. Uh, 
the spring. But the way he said it too, he's like, the final decision would be made in the fall. I 100% believe Ryan Day, just because we're working at a new board game, okay, he Unlike Kevin Wilson, I feel like more of an influence in the passing game and Justin for obviously the running game. I, uh, I, I agree. I think Randy will still be the play ball. I think I think it should be one. I think Ryan Day should. I mean, I've said this multiple times on multiple shows. Ryan Day should still call the plays. I have no problem though getting um, Justin Fry and Hartline ready to call plays if we need. If Ryan Day wants to step down, or we or Buckeye Nation you know jumps down Ryan Day's throat to the point where he he can't call play. He should be calling plays. It's important to have those guys able to call plays. Here's two games: Western Kentucky and Youngstown State. I feel like. Two games that we're going to see a lot of our line calling plays. I agree. And we're, spread's going to be 40, 51 to 10, 50 to 10, 49 to 10. Flip out because we didn't cover the spread. But in reality, Ryan Day was not going to. No, I think, I mean, that's, and I'd be fine with that. I think that's, I mean, that's, if you're, if you're getting better, um, you're you're not really exposing anything on tape. You're trying out new things with you know you know one of your youngest and brightest you know future potential leaders of this program. I have no problem with it. I just think you know we should never we shouldn't have been so early to jump down Ryan Day's throat to say oh he should you know no longer be calling plays when he has consistently had one of the best offenses in college football. Since you know he's been at Ohio State, camp, yeah. so even it's the, like even JT's last year, he there was a lot of flashes. Look, look at the Penn State game. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just a little extreme, and, and yeah. it's the grass isn't all like how good can Ryan Hartley and Justin Fry do that he's going to outdo what Ryan Day has already done? I feel especially, like that's almost impossible. Especially, I know it's Indiana, but your your first game is on the road against the Big Ten East opponent. I mean, yeah. In his other comments today, he uh, mentioned about Lincoln Knowles. Uh, talk about how great of an athlete he was. He is. The Duke can hit a mile in baseball. Uh, his basketball skills are through the room. Basically, most of this lame in terms of what the video was telling me, but there was a lot of talk about Lincoln Knowles. Quick question to you, Dan. If Lincoln Knowles didn't decide to wait until the to enroll and decided to enroll um, with, the, with, with the rest of the freshmen. Could this could this kid actually could he have came in and competed with Kyle McCord and Devin Brown or is he playing the safe bet, wait to the fall, finish out his senior year with baseball and basketball, possibly win some state titles, and then sit out this year and then compete with Devin Brown Maybe next year, if Kyle just goes off, I I I think honestly, yes, that would be because because uh, this is what would happen if he if he leaves early, he would be almost like another Kyle McCord, if that makes sense. He comes in in spring game, kind of plays limited. Will obviously flash, no doubt in my mind, would flash if he played in spring game. Um, but then he's going to be like, oh, we saw what he can do in the spring. He might not be ready for the fall, and then you know. He kind of loses luster because um, then you know the in 2024 we're gonna have another kid come in and then we're gonna be, we're gonna kind of forget about him quickly. Um, I think it's the right decision um, if if he he comes in the fall. He he looks like I a guy. Um, he, he's super athletic. I think he does need a year though in the program yeah. uh, to build himself up and, and, and just like kind of grasp everything because I think once he gets the physical the physical part. Um, like get in the weight room, get a little bigger, stronger, and then you know understand the playbook with his athlete, just pure athleticism, and I-, I feel like he has really good intangibles too. Um, he definitely could, you know, after this season, 
I would I think he could absolutely be a starter here. Um I, I, I think he would really, really push Devin Brown. I think that competition would be really close. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um so uh by the way, um going back to Davison, I'm just gonna call him Davison. Michigan fa- Michigan fans were commenting and saying the only reason why I hate up to Michigan is because Ohio State's winning classes started before Michigan, and he was already, and he can go and start training with me. I mean, it's and your coach doesn't want to be at, and your coach, and th- my thing is, what are you, what? like, what? You you also have a head coach that says he wants he want he's going to stay at Michigan, but still pursues NFL jobs. The only reason why he's staying at Michigan is because nobody in the NFL wants him. They're going to continue to interview him, but nobody in the NFL wants him. That's the only reason why he keeps staying. Yeah. No, I mean, here I cast. It's uh, your spot on there. Before we switch, before we switch gears to basketball, before we start ranting and venting, thoughts on the Denver Bron- your Denver Broncos giving up a, another first-round pick for a head coach? Well, it was, it was Bradley Chubb. I mean, we it, the, it was basically Bradley Chubb for Sean Payton. I've never been a fan. Like, I I thought Bradley Chubb, ever since we drafted him, I wanted them to draft. Yeah, because they, they were like, oh, we're gonna, they're going to pair him up with Vaughn Miller. And it, it never – they rarely saw the field together. Um, and then Chubb, I thought, you know, he wasn't as dominant as the stat sheet kind of makes him out to be at times. He isn't very consistent. Um, you know, I don't think he shines bright in big games. So getting Sean Payton for Bradley Chubb is a win in my book. Um, I, I wish, you know, when the Broncos had that pick, they took Quentin Nelson. I always thought that was the pick. Um, and I wish we got Quentin, Quentin Nelson. I think he was a much better player, less injury prone, um, would have done numbers for the, the team years ago, but it is what it is. Um, I'm psyched. I think Sean Payton's a great coach. Um, it's going to be see, interesting to see how he does outside New Orleans and what he does with Russell Wilson. But you know what? I think the roster's there. He has the defense. He has receivers. He has weapons. I think he can make it work. I really do. And is it time for a uniform change for Denver? No. No, 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 no. I wish time. they would. I wish they would go back to the blue with the orange stripe down there as their main jersey, other than the orange. I think they could do like a cool all alternate or color rush, maybe something like what the Bengals did with their like all white color rush. Like take a concept like that, but like maybe use like the light blue, or you know something like that. I mean, design it. I don't know, but the uniforms. No, the uniforms are great. I love them. Yeah, that's cool. By the way, the women's got back on track tonight, thank God, after a three-game slide. Give the score now. They won 90-67. to 67. Good job, ladies, getting back on track. Beat it, went up to the Cole Center, Wisconsin. Hopefully the Buckeyes can do the same against the Badgers. My goodness. I thought them beating I. Could have been the start of something. Played Indiana. It ran to a buzzsaw. Trace that Jackson Davis should be the Big Ten player of the year. I don't care. Zach Eady is a foot taller than everybody. It's the only reason why he's dominant. Trace Jackson Davis is probably the most NBA ready player in the Big Ten. I know Purdue's going to probably win the Big Ten. I mean, it's it's the Bryce Sensible show, and it sucks for this kid. He's the only dude on this team that can create his own shot. I mean, the whole second half was Bryce Sensible. It really was. I mean, he played great. Everyone else, I didn't even bother getting on on the bus to Assembly Hall. In my opinion, it was it was terrible. Um, just another another just terrible, uninspiring performance from the team. Holtman got a technical 
at like the most inopportune time. Uh, doesn't stop clapping though, you know, clapping but costing his team. I mean, it, like I'm just done with the guy. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I who who are the options besides this besides him? Like what 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 coach would you rather have at this point out there? I, I mean, Chris Jant. I think I think he would be a home run hire for the Buckeyes. He's played. He played for the Buckeyes. He coached with some final teams. Hey. Oh, bring that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's just. I, We're not losing. I don't care what anybody says. Chris Holtman's not going anywhere this year. For this year. Because, okay. Because they, they want to create the illusion that everything's all well to continue to entice, you know, Bronny, Bronny James Jr., I think. It's only. Re- Bronny's the only thing that's keeping that man. You know, in a job. Once, once Bronny decides, and if it's not Ohio State, Lord have mercy, because I, I think once that shoe drops, there's really nothing else that would save Holtman. Um, I'm going to Notre Dame. Yeah, go ahead, take him, please, please. I have him. I mean, he's not a bad coach. I look at it this way: he's not every this season. He's not a Bad coach. And there's times where it's like you really question when. My thing is, when is he going to realize he's not coaching in the American Athletic Conference? He's coaching in the Big Ten. We need a natural big man. We have not had a How, how does Purdue always consistently have these mammoths at center? Yet Ohio State always has a guy who's like six eight. Yeah, it, does, it makes no sense. And then additionally, there's never any. I feel like every time I watch our team run offense, there's no offense. I I, I don't know. Like we don't run an offense. We just kind of play run. like they just run around and get open and. Like, I don't understand the strategy, and I don't think anyone does. It's just – I think he just kind of puts together a bunch of guys. He's like, oh, I think these guys are a good collection of talent and doesn't coach them. And then and we just rely on talent. I think he's also trying to find that. It's like he's trying to find a lineup that's working, but nothing's working. And, and yeah, he and he said, he, he, he said he's going to start shortening the lineup, but it's like – to who? Who has proven outside of Sensabaugh that, you know, this lineup's worth shortening for? I mean, I think McNeil needs to take more shots. Why not? He's got a three-point shot. Does he take more shots? No, that's honestly, that's the only guy. Uh, Sensabaugh and McNeil are the only two guys that should be getting the ball on offense because no one else can shoot. No one else, I feel like, can dribble. No one else can do anything on offense. Well, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, too, I said, you know, I, I think he's going to be hitting the freshman wall soon in December. I mean, I, I love what he was doing early on in the season. And then today, 11 Warriors post an article that Bruce Thornton admits, yeah, I hit the freshman wall. But it's not it's not just Thornton, though. It's every – I feel like every, you know, young guard we have, this happens to. It happened to Luther Muhammad. It happened to DJ Carton. happened to – uh, I don't know. Just the I could. I'm tired, and I can name a bunch of other guys going down this rabbit hole. Where is the guy, Jay Sean Tate type guy, the, the energy guy, that leader? We haven't had that since Jay Sean Tate left. Well, because I mean, look, look who recruited him, though. That's the that's that's the thing right there. It's you. Who the recruited thing- Jay Sean Tate? Yeah, it's. I mean, look, we play Wisconsin tomorrow. Um, you'll probably hear this either Thursday or Friday when we drop it. So the game might be done. Cass is going into it. He's working it. The line isn't even out yet. It, it, it's probably going to be close. Wisconsin's, yeah, Wisconsin, not- Wisconsin's on a slump right now, too. Uh, OSU minus eight. Oh, it came out. I, I don't. I, there's no way. 
There's no way. OSU minus eight. That's what they came up with. ESPN. Look at on FanDuel right now. Uh, uh. I mean, that's a that team won the Big Ten regular season last year. I know. I know a lot of guys are gone, but it's still it's a good program. They obviously got Chucky Hepburn, Hepburn, Tyler Wall. I mean, I last week I said, oh, I don't think Indiana has the guards to beat us. And then that one guard was just un- unconscious from three. The dude didn't miss a three. Ohio State is a seven and a half. Over, the under is 132 and a half. That blows my mind. And somehow we're going to win that. Somehow we will cover that. And it, it, it won't make any sense. But that doesn't mean that the team is in a good spot. Um, we have, I think, if they win, if they win Thursday and then they win Sunday, if they, if they can get a little winning streak here, I might my hope might go into two, three. Yeah, but I mean, we have to win so many games now. It feels like to reach that twenty game mark. I think we have to win. I think we have to win nine out of our last 11, including the tournament game, to reach 20 wins. I just – even if we make the tournament, we're probably we're probably one and done. We're not even going to win our first game. I'm looking at the Wisconsin. Are we chucking that up as a win somehow? Let's go down the schedule. I'm chucking it up as a win. For some reason, I feel it's going to be a win. All right, and we play at Michigan. I, I mean, not that Michigan either is setting the world on fire, but oh wait, it's a one o'clock game. Yeah. Win. All right, then we play Northwestern. That should be a win. That should be a win. Should be a win. That's the one. I'm like, okay, that's the win. Then we play Michigan State, one o'clock on a Sunday at home. Probably a loss. Iowa Thursday. If it's on CBS, hold on. They haven't announced which one it's on. Michigan State at one o'clock on Sunday. Give me the. For some reason, we always beat Michigan State on a Sunday. All right, so then we play at Iowa, nine o'clock on a Thursday. Loss. That's a loss. Purdue. That's a loss. Penn State. That's a, a it's a home. It's a home. That's a win. Win. And we play Illinois be, at home. I'll be there. That's probably a win. I think Maryland's a loss. That's a loss. And then Michigan State. Michigan State at, well, that's a loss. <laughs> so that's okay. So we said to win. Penn State to win. Michigan State to win. Western Michigan. That's five. That's six wins. Yeah, let's say you get five to six wins. That puts you 16 to 17 wins. Let's do 17. It'll be 17, 13. I mean, that probably gets you in the NCAA tournament, but, like, that's not good. That's not a good – That we're just getting in by because Ohio State – it, we're brand big brand name playing in the Big Ten. That I, that doesn't mean we're a good team. Here's what gets us in: we win at Purdue, and we sweep Michigan State. Well, you're, that's you're not talk- happening. But you're talking. You're talking. Two wins. My top five Latinos at on the road. <clears throat> We're NIT, baby. If we if we win, we win six. This next six, if we win six out of the last few games we have, we're NIT, baby. We're gonna but be we're gonna is, be a we're gonna be a one seed in an NIT with like us as a one seed, Villanova play, as a one seed. We'll play and play West Virginia State. Yeah, it Marshall. <laughs> Come in and beat us. I think. I mean, I think I speak for a lot of people. Like, we're just. I'm just so unenthused by this team. Um, 
I, like, I want to believe, I want to get excited, I want to get hurt, but like, I'm just beyond it now at this point. I just, yeah. I, I, I just, I know what's going to happen. I, I, I see the writing on the wall. Let's just get, like, I just want the tournament to start, honestly. I don't, <laughs> I want to watch real basketball. I don't enjoy watching our team these days. It, it makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. That's, That's all I got. Yeah. yeah. Uh, de- depressing note, but Cass, enjoy your game tomorrow at Wisconsin. Maybe you'll bring, I hope you bring us some good luck. Hey, um, real quick, I'm not going to give you at his at, his at, but his handle before you get his at whatever.com. Justin. Rise and fire. Rise and fire. Yeah, legend. Uh, so, as always, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. And as always, go Bucks. Go Bucks.